You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. This is RUV English and I'm Darren Adam. We're back today at the National Museum of Iceland. I'm joined once again by Helga Volodsson, who's going to talk us through another thing that used to be impossible to do in Iceland, which is now possible. And I'm struck by the conversations we've had over the last few weeks. Everything sort of seems to change in 1970, 1980, that sort of period very roughly. That's when beer becomes legalized. That's when you can buy milk without having to go to a specialized milk store. That's when you can have a dog legally. Something that wasn't possible in Iceland until relatively recently was watching television on a Thursday or in the entire month of July. Now, it wasn't really a ban, I suppose, Helga, was it? It's just the way things were. It's the way things were. Uh, you must remember this is not a, a very wealthy society, so we just start with what we have. And mm. when the, the radio started the, and the TV started, they were sending out twice a week, yes. Mondays and Wednesdays. And then uh, slowly they started sending out on more days of the week until only Thursdays were left. Then I think it wasn't until 1986 that they started broadcasting on Thursdays as well. And of course these broadcasts coming from RUV, (laughs) the national broadcaster on whom you are listening to these programmes right now. And so again it wasn't about a ban, it was just about building up to a seven day a week service. But no television throughout July either. No, because people had summer vacations. So there was no one there to do television. No one there to make it, no one there to watch it. And one channel in those days. Yes, just the one. The one yeah. we call Sean Marbeth, the TV. The TV, yes. yes. Were the people around in July thinking, I wish we could watch a bit of TV? I think so, but uh, it changes, of course, when the VHS came and, mm. and you know, mm. people mm. started renting movies and seeing yes. movies and, of course, going to the movies. Uh, but also, actually, you, c- you see a lot of, of people still meeting on Thursdays for all sorts of things, for choir rehearsal or for sports events or they meet for Schömerklubber, like a, a women's club. So this is often held on Thursdays and I think that must be because Thursdays were the day you had to do something else yeah. than watch TV. There's still that memory of the TV not being available to watch. And when other channels came along, Stuttgart Channel 2, but also satellite TV, foreign broadcasts, all sorts of possibilities, taking us right into the era of streaming as well, when there were alternatives to the Rouve channel, to Sean Varpi, the television, did that spell the end for the being no television on Thursdays or in July, do you think? I think so. It, it happens around the same time. And of course, you have more competition at the time. Mm. Uh, but Stuttgart, the channel 2, you always had to pay for. And I know a lot of, of people of my generation that we would on Saturdays and Sundays run over to our grandparents who would by uh, Stuttgart because mm-hmm. that's where you could see the most of the cartoons and, and fun stuff Yes, because our <laughs> parents would never buy it. Do we know if anybody wanted the lack of television to stay in place? Did some people like the fact that there was a day or indeed a month without television? There were of course voices concerned that this was a time thief and, and taking away from working hours and, yeah. and making people and young people especially lazy uh, but I I think, the, the, again, we are coming into a modern era. People want yes. to be like the rest of the world. And also, it's a connection to the world. You're getting uh, programs from abroad. You're getting news from abroad and, and so on and so forth. 
And again, fascinating, isn't it, that you go back about 50, maybe 60 years, Iceland was a country that <laughs> didn't broadcast television every day of the week, where you had to buy milk from a certain place, where you couldn't drink beer, where you couldn't have a dog. You look at Iceland now, and it's quite incredible just in those four areas how far the country has come. Yes, definitely, and, and in areas like food, for instance. Mm. Uh, there were two types of fish that you can buy in the store, and there was one type of meat you can buy in the store, and everything else was a rarity. Uh, Which is, again, incredible, a country that is relies so much on fisheries and fishing could only provide two kinds of fish. <laughs> yes. The rest was exported, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But um, my, I'm half um, foreign, so my dad moved here first in the 1970s, and, and in 81 he moved to the east of the country, to East Iceland. And he was wondering where to buy stuff and get stuff mm. that he needed. And he was told by his neighbor that what you need you can get at the merchant down the road. If, and if you can't get it down at the merchant down the road, you don't need it. You don't, you don't need it. <laughs> and you're not getting it. <laughs> We're in the National Museum and we've come appropriately enough to an exhibit of Again, 20th century consumer items. Here is a television from, I think, 1966. The brand is Olympic. It is in a beautiful wooden case. It's a CRT television. I guess this is a black and white television or would have been a black yeah. and white television. Yeah. In other countries, TVs, televisions became quite prized consumer items. They were status symbols. Were they status symbols in Iceland or did television really not matter as much? Because we, we've seen that it wasn't on in July and it wasn't on on Thursdays. They were status symbol, and they were also a symbol of, of cultural consumerism. So if you wanted to be a culture at home, you would have a piano and you would need a TV also. And the family would gather around to watch uh, plays and, and actually Icelandic movies. And you mentioned the video recorder. There's a video recorder in this exhibit as well, which, again, you know, meant that everything was going to change. There's also an Atari console. And I, I guess once we're into this era you can't go back to a country where television isn't on one day a week. Actually, I think we, we might be able to because people are not watching uh, the, the televised television as much as they're watching streaming uh, services nowadays. And uh, if, if you talk to children today, they, they call it live television. If you sit and you put on the program, it just runs and goes on and they think it's marvelous mm -hmm. and so weird. <laughs> so I, I can imagine that when they grow up, they will not have a need for, for streaming television or for, for the, for for the live television. television. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think there is a generation for whom the idea that you can watch something on the screen as it's actually happening is a novelty. It is. I think it's, <laughs> it's, it's strange to think of, but I think we're getting into that direction. Yes. And I think, of course, with, with the possibilities we have today of streaming services and so on, we don't have to have TV you know, you can choose if you want to see TV in July or not. It's, it's yeah, down to the individual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the roof that has to make the decision for everyone. Absolutely, and nor would we seek to. <laughs> <laughs> so. But again, what's also interesting about this exhibit is that these items are imported. The video recorder is made by Sharp, the Atari console, the television by Olympic, and here's a soda stream machine. And Iceland, I guess, wasn't making many of its own consumer goods like these. Not too many. There were a few brands, uh, like Rafa in, in Hapnafjörður, but most of it was imported and still is today. I guess because it's a, it's a rather relatively small market. 
where did these items come from? Have these been donated over the years because they are in wonderful condition and some real beautiful items here? Yes, they have been uh, both that, but also the museum gets uh, gifts from from uh, people all the time. We're still rec uh, getting new items, new objects to the to the collection, and we also try to keep an eye on what's. Uh, what we need to preserve and how to preserve it. Mm -hmm. But actually the main way we do it today is that we do questionnaires, um, no less than we actually save the objects. Mm -hmm. Because you can only save so many objects and they only last for so long. Yes. But to try to, to keep people's stories and, and the way things were and, and how they worked then, that's equally as important to preserve. There is a box of Icelandic cod fillets here. I'm assuming it's just the box. Yes. <laughs> the fillets aren't inside. And I guess this was for export, because I noticed that the weight is in imperial measurements, five pounds yes. first. So that would have been for America? Um, uh, yes, I think it was for America. Distri yes, it is, because it's been distributed by a company in Connecticut. Yes. So it's made its way from Icelandic waters all the way to Connecticut. Well, this box hasn't, because it's, <laughs> it's still being preserved. But you can also see that it's all in English, something that yes. you wouldn't have seen yes. in, in Icelandic yes. stores at the time. Export is our main uh, national, the export of fish and the fish industry is, is the, the main income for the nation. But what I also find quite interesting here is that you have the, the last part of the exhibit is, is from the 2000, year 2000. Yeah. And when the exhibition opened in 2004, this was quite recent, but now we're 20 years later and you can really see how, how things have been evolved. Well, yes, because there's an Ericsson mobile phone there. I had one of those, but it was about 25 years ago. There is a clock radio of the kind that you probably wouldn't have in a bedroom these days. The pregnancy test there as well, I think, by the looks of it. And the shoes. And the shoes. Are these not fashionable anymore? I don't think so. <laughs> not all the strings and everything. And no. even the, the credit cards had quite a novelty yes. around 2000. Today yes. we all have it in our phones or, or in our watches or whatever. I had to buy a much smaller wallet quite recently for that reason because I just don't carry money around or loads of cards around anymore. Exactly. Even Spice Girls we have on here. They oh, there's a key ring with the Spice Girls. Now I do feel incredibly old. <laughs> <laughs> Helga, thank you so much for taking us through these practices, I guess, over the course of the last few weeks. The National Museum if you haven't been, is absolutely worth some of your time. Do you get many visitors here at the museum from other countries? Is this now part of what they want to see when they're here? Yes, we do, especially because we have the exhibition that is uh, the story of Iceland from the settlement and until 2000. So, so for many, it's a good way to get an insight into Icelandic culture and, and what it is that makes Iceland unique and Iceland, Iceland. It's all here. Helga, thank you very much indeed. This is Ruv English. Get in touch anytime. We are English at ruv.is. You're listening to the Ruv English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English.